0: Great day, everyone. Great day. We are so excited that we're here and you are here with us. So in today's conversation, let me ask you a question. Have you ever had an instance where standing in your truth and your integrity was challenging? It was a difficult move, but you felt you had to make it. We're gonna talk about that today on episode 37, as we talk about leading with integrity, the courage to stand up and stand out. Let's get started. If I can find where I'm supposed to get started. (laughs) Welcome to the Coffee with Rhonda show, where you are entering the stress-free leadership zone. what's in your cup. to all of you out there whatever part of the world you're watching maybe it's morning afternoon or evening we know we've got a global team out there of uh, folks helping us champion the message so we want to welcome all of you Uh, we're excited uh, to have you here with us on the coffee with Rhonda show we are a show where leaders entrepreneurs coaches thought leaders we come here and we have a conversation we pull up a chair pull up a cup And uh, we talk about the ups and downs of being a leader in today's world. So today is episode 37 and we are going to talk about leading with integrity. What does that mean? What does it look like? How does it show up? And. Having the courage to stand up and stand out. Let me get our amazing panel up here today because we have a wonderful group that is joining us for today's conversation. And I am super excited uh, to have all of you here. So let's go ahead and let me do a few housekeeping items and then we will get on to our introductions. So, for those of you that have been watching for a while, you know how this goes. We want to be sure that you tell us your name, where you're watching from, and tell us what's in your cup. I have a big big favor to ask. Take a moment right now. If you are watching live or on replay or listening later on podcast, share this conversation. There is someone out there who will receive value and great takeaways from it. Also, uh, if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, don't forget to hit that little bell, the little subscribe, and that'll get you notified whenever we go live. And then finally, if anything resonates with you, we want you to share your comments. You know your voice powers our conversation. We read those live on the air, we bring them into our discussion, and we are always excited about hearing your thoughts. So with all of that out the way, and that being said, my name is Rhonda Y. Williams, and I'm your host for the show, and I am a recovering stressed-out leader. That's right. Today, I help executive leaders and entrepreneurs decide that it is time to stop the madness, take back their power and their sanity, and become stress-free. So if you want to learn a little bit more about who I am and what I do, you can visit thestressfreeleader.net. Now, with that being said, what's in my cup? Is I am so happy to be back home. I've been on the road the past couple of weeks. And so today I have tea with pumpkin pie and ginger spice. So there you go. So I'm excited to be here. And let me welcome my amazing panel today. Uh, we're going to start with our wonderful, wonderful host and co-host, Miss Roz Jones. Good morning, Miss Roz. Tell us a little bit about you, as if we didn't already know, for the new viewers out there. And
1: then tell us a little bit about what's in your cup. Hi, I am Roz Jones. I am in the sunshine state of Jacksonville, Florida, mm-hmm. and I am the CEO and owner of Jacksonville's Best Caregivers, where we provide four levels of specialized care to your loved one, sitter, homemaking companion, home health aide, and certified nursing assistant. When you can't do it all, give a call. <laughs> <laughs> so... What's, what's in my cup is I have my peppermint tea, uh, my lemon, and my honey. And this cup is for caregivers because tomorrow starts National Caregiver Month. Oh, nice. And so all my cup, it says caregivers are like angels without wings, helping us out with so many things. So I just wanted to go oh. ahead and acknowledge all we are all caregivers. So mm-hmm. to you.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Rob. That was awesome. So Regina, good morning to you. She's out there watching in Texas and Stephanie is out there too. Good morning. Good morning. Don't forget to tell us what you guys got in your cup too. And let's go to Cordelia and then we're going to welcome our newest member of the panel to the Coffee with Ronda family. So Cordelia, good morning to you. Tell us a little bit about you and then tell us what you got in your cup.
2: Absolutely. Good morning. I'm so happy to be here with you ladies. I'm the Emotions Opener Transformation Strategist, and I help leaders to dive into their deepest and darkest emotions so that they can show up powerfully. And that's pretty much my story and I'm sticking to it. Um, (laughs) I lead a team, a ferocious team of six kids that I homeschool and uh, yeah, I got to show up powerfully. So what's in my cup? Espresso. (laughs)
0: I love that. I love it. I love it. And Cordelia's been on the show before. So today she is one of our special VIP co-hosts. So we want to welcome you back Cordelia. Thank you so much for spending some time with us this morning. And so now we are going to welcome our newest member of the Coffee with Rhonda family. Welcome to the coffee table. Nancy, tell us a little bit about you and what you have in your cup.
3: Okay. Good morning. And thank you for having me on the show. I am Nancy J. Lewis and I am the president of Progressive Techniques Incorporated. I am based out of metropolitan Atlanta. And what we provide is transformational leadership, training, diversity training, communications, any of the soft skills that are really essential skills to help leaders in their teams become more successful and work better together. And I'm also an executive and business coach. So I help people with their careers and businesses to go to that next level. And I'm just uh, happy in what I see people make the changes because with something that's already inside of them, I just help pull it out. And what's in my cup this morning is I waited, it has, Nuna's Organic Coffee, Hazelnut Creamer and Organic Sugar.
0: Mmm, Hazelnut Coffee uh, Creamer and Organic Sugar. Fantastic. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. We're so excited for the conversation today, Nancy. Cindy's out there too. She says, Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Mother. How are you this morning? That's my mom. So, so we <laughs> always have to get that in there. So, I am really excited about today's conversation, and today's conversation is on um, leading with integrity and the courage to stand up and stand out. Particularly, I want you all to think about framing this in context of some of what we're dealing with today. You know, in our current climate and environment, there is so much happening right now. There's been so many changes for leaders, and how do we be, how do we as leaders set the tone through all of that change, through all of that challenge um, that is happening out there? And so um, there is a um a little a sh- really short video clip by Simon Sinek um, that I want to share today. Um if I can get my act together, and my and I can have my technology work well, <laughs> you all, I'll give it my best shot. And if it doesn't work, we will just keep rolling. But I think we should be good today. So I it's a really short one. So Here, I will play this for us all now. So I'm gonna share this. There we go. And let me just hit this play button for you.
4: The leader sets the tone. And so when we say, we demand that everyone in our company be honest and tell the truth, Right. Yeah. Seems simple enough. And yeah. people write those values on the walls of their companies. Right. Honesty. Right. There it is for all to see, you know, visions and values, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and the point I'm trying to make is if the phone rings and your secretary answers and says, you know, David's on the phone and you say, tell him I'm not here. That's a lie. That is a patent lie. Um, <laughs> and what we've now done is we've told our staff that when it suits us, it's okay to tell these little lies. Mm-hmm. So in an organization like that, it should come as no shock. When people are lying in other parts of the company for self-interest because that tone was set by the leader so you can say i'll call him back you know you can say i don't want to talk to him right now but when you say tell him i'm not here when clearly you are um then that leader says that in our organization lying is acceptable that's what that is so writing on the wall means nothing the, the behavior that we model absolutely matters You know, it's like parents today telling their kids to get off their cell phones, and then it's the father or the mother that is sitting at dinner on the cell phone.
0: Wow, so I really wanted to start there to help us set a little bit of context, um, you know, and help frame our discussion, because I think it's those little things. So Michael, Michael has joined us this morning, and he says he's got cognac in his cup. It's not morning for Michael. He's actually in uh, St. Petersburg, Russia. So, oh. <laughs> so it's okay. <laughs> in fact, if it was morning, I guess that's okay too, right? Whatever you want to have in your cup, it's okay with me. Um, <clears throat> we might have to talk about it later, Michael. But um, <laughs> but uh, So that's a really great st- place for us to start our conversation. What I want to do first, ladies, today is this, just take us all through a, a cycle of Transparency. So all of us being leaders have experienced some sort of moment where um, we have to lean into our own integrity and, and be in alignment with what that is. And I want to share some of that with our audience. We're pretty transparent on this show, as we know. Roz, we talk about all kinds of stuff on the show. <laughs> you know. And so I want to start there because I want our leaders to know that we are we've been there. Right? These are our behaviors and values that we are living as well every single day. And so, you know, I'll start with sharing my experience um, and then Roz, I'm going to come to you and then we're going to come to Nancy and Cordelia. Um, so I, um, several years ago as a CEO, I found myself in this really difficult place in leading um, one particular hospital. And as we were um, sort of doing our thing, we ended up in this in this crisis, in this basically this cultural and racial type of crisis <clears throat> that really rocked our organization. Um, and it rocked not only my hospital, but it rocked our entire organization. And we had many hospitals across the nation. Um, I could not believe that I found myself in the middle of this craziness, right? It was like a nightmare that I was hoping that someone would pinch me and wake me up, um, but yet it was real. And so as we went through this challenge, um, Obviously, there's no manual, right? There's no manual for how you lead in a time of that type of crisis. And so we were doing our best and we were navigating, okay. I found myself in a values conflict with the organization. Um, They wanted to take one approach, which was um, just don't talk about it. Don't say anything. Don't rock the boat. Don't do anything. And I was more of the mindset that we can do that to a point. But as a CEO of this organization, I have to have limits. Right? I have to have limits on everyone on the team because it has to be clear and understood what is acceptable and what is not. And um, and we had the part values ways there. But we went along and we did our little thing for a while. Um, it came to a point that one of the employees that was really at the center of this whole disruption of our organization was continuing to be disrupted and continuing to act out even as we tried to put it past us, tried to move forward it was the behavior uh, was still there. So I had a call one night from one of my nursing supervisors who said, I can't take this anymore. This is unacceptable. It's inappropriate. The behavior is um, combative. Uh, It's disrespectful. And uh, we need to do something. And we need to do it now. And so listening at the situation and going through the circumstances, I said, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to call this person and just take them off the schedule for tonight and say, we're gonna meet in the morning, have a conversation about it. Well, that was going against what my organization had decided, right? Their decision was hands off. Don't say anything, don't do anything, just let it ride. And I was way past up to here, okay? I was way past up to here. And at that moment, in that instance, I realized that that was a separation from what they really wanted. But I was unwilling at that time to allow my team to have to deal with that. So I made that decision. Um, About a month and a half or so later, I lost my job. And I firmly believe that the reason I lost my job was because of that decision that I made. Because it was in conflict with what they felt was best, but I was the one with boots on the ground. I was the one who had my team coming to me saying, What are we gonna do? This is, and not just one person, but multiple people. And so at the same time that I'm setting standards for everyone else in the organization and how they must behave and step up, for one person, I'm saying, No, nah, it's okay. And I, I was deciding that that was it for me. I could no longer continue. I was not living in integrity, that it was not who I was as a leader. It didn't feel good to me, and I was no longer gonna be able to do that. So that moment for me was tough. It cost me a lot, but at the end of the day, I felt that I had to stand in and lean in to who I really was as a leader and what I believed in. Um, and so that was, that was my moment. And so as we're sharing, you know, Roz, we'll come to you next. Have you ever had that moment where, you know what, you've had to lean into who you really are and, and, um, and be a little bit unapologetic about that?
1: I, I, matter of fact, I just had that happen in the last two weeks. I mean, I, I, I was given something, uh, a blessing, as a leader, and it was something that I had never had before. And as a leader, as a leader, instead of me embracing it, let me say this. Let me back up a little bit. Leaders set the tone. It can either be a blessing or it could be, you know um stressful, unforgiving. So with leadership, because I was writing down some of these notes, you know, it you know it puts us in the spotlight and it's also stressful. There's other things that go on. I received this blessing. I was put into the spotlight and then all of a sudden fear and stress hit me. It it literally when I say gripped me and put me in a spot where I could not move forward. I could not handle this influx of business all I mean all at one time, I didn't have all the manpower I needed because the, the decision was made, but you know maybe I should have pushed it out 30 days instead of saying 10 days. And so you know I'm being transparent is that when when we have businesses, we have to sit down and say, okay, yeah, this is wonderful and everything. However, reality, can I handle it right now? Is it good for the company? Can I handle the additional accountability and stress? You know, I'm gonna be, you know, put into the spotlight. Can I handle all of this that's gonna go on? And I realized as things started doing this, that I needed help. Mm-hmm. I needed help that I didn't I didn't have enough infrastructure to help me. Mm-hmm. So That's why I was saying that the leader set the tone and then it impacted my employees. It impacted my clients because they kept saying, Rosalyn, what's wrong? You know, you're you're acting funny. I'm okay. You know how we do it. Just brush it under the carpet. (laughs) You know, so so I'm I'm saying that to say that as a leader, yes, you know. My integrity was on the line. My integrity was on the line, and I messed up. So I had to go back to that client and write a letter. And I told them I was transparent. I was scared, and it came on to me too fast. Uh So I wasn't saying that to beg you, you know, to you know, to keep the business, let the business go, whatever. But I wanted you to know what happened to me in those ten days.
3: Uh I really.
1: You know, short, short of saying having a melt. I don't know if I had a meltdown or it, reality set in. I was like, oh, hell, it's really happening.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Thank you, Raj, for, for that transparency and for sharing that because those are the moments. The transparency, I think, is a huge piece of what we're talking about in terms of integrity. So, um, Michael's out there and he said, you know, he made a smile earlier, and that is a leader's job too. It certainly is. Um, you know, I certainly wouldn't work for a leader where I never got to smile or they didn't help us with that. So Nikki's out there. Good morning. Pretty smart ladies. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in. If you're out there, you're watching. Don't forget to like uh, the video and share it as well. So, Nancy, um, have you had those moments of where you had to just lean in to who you are, your values, your
3: beliefs and your integrity? Yes, this happened some years ago, but it bears reminding now because I think so many people are dealing with this now. It was really around a bullying situation where I had a, I was on the executive team and I was the only black female on the team. And so my boss had the, one time he came into the meeting and he said, because I worked in healthcare, he said, if you don't act right, we'll send you back to healthcare. And he chuckled, everybody else laughed. So I said, you got a free pass today to myself. So I, was, I I'm very direct. I'm very um I will tell you like it is. I learned how to put sugar and all on it now. So we ran a meeting probably a couple weeks later. And he he applies himself on being values driven, all those good things. So we were in another meeting, probably about two weeks later, and he was coming comment again. This time I said, Can I talk to you in the hall? And he's my boss, he's like the VP and he's like he's the highest person at the base where I am. And I said, I can appreciate the fact. That if I'm not working out for you here, we need to part ways. You can fire me today, but I said what cannot happen is that you cannot continue to undermine and make demeaning comments. And your team chuckled. Said that won't work. Mm-hmm. So I said we just need to be clear. I said if you're, are you happy with me? You want me to leave? I said because I'm good leaving today if I have to. But I said what cannot happen ever again is for you to make demeaning comments about me. I said because that's a matter of my character, my integrity. I just can't have that. Mm. And he looked at me and he's like, oh, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry duly noted. Flew we back in the room and I never had a problem again. There was wow. a after that, because I there when you speak out sometimes there are consequences for that. Mm-hmm. So worked in A works out I knew all the stuff. So he took me from underneath his he was my boss as I reported directly to him. He put me under this woman who did not like me. So that was my retaliation. <laughs> but let's just say there was another situation that happened then this, this is she she did try to do a character assassination in a performance review and in it i said do you have any evidence to back it up anything that validates what you're saying and she could not agree to any of that so i just said well if you want to have this meeting i have no nothing else to say because this is all based on lies you're attacking my character and i just can't i can't speak to that so she talked for about another five minutes and i just looked at her she said you're not gonna talk to me i said i think i made myself clear Nothing else to say. <laughs> nice. So because I'm very, I mean, I'm just going to get insubordinate. I'm, I'm HR. I know what to do. So I walked out of the room and let's say fast forward because she had all these lies attacking my integrity, my character. I wrote some letters with some colleagues. We put some letters together. Within less than a month, she was no longer my manager. Wow, nice. wow, I take a stand when it comes to my character or someone is attacking or they're saying they have these values or there's something that's not aligned with you, you. You were bullying me when you were saying these things to me in front of your group, and you all were chuckling in my expense. That's unacceptable, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes you get a free pass sometimes, depending on what it is, you're even get a free pass, but you got a free pass. But the second time, no, we got to correct it. So people mm-hmm. not stop bullies because that's that's what that's going against character and integrity. If you have a lot of bullying managers and leaders out there, lead by intimidation. That's it. Wow, that's
0: powerful, and it's really powerful because um, we have to understand. And you were only able to do that because you understood what your values were, right? You understood what was important to you and how um, this was going to affect your ability to continue leading in the throughout the rest of the organization. So that's pretty powerful. Maria has joined us. Hey, Maria, good morning, good morning, great to see you out there. She says, courage, great topic. And uh, and then um, Nancy, she said, good for you for, for doing and handling that situation. So Cordelia, how about you? Have you had these times show up and, uh, and when you have to lean into your integrity outside of when you're being fierce for those uh, six children?
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the, the thing I didn't tell you about myself is that I have a podcast that's called The Free to Be Show and um, it takes a lot of courage to name your show that, first of all, and <laughs> second of all, um, I decided to do something really dynamic this season, and I have three shows where I interview someone, and then the fourth show is just me going solo on a topic, and so um, my show was supposed to go live Wednesday, this past Wednesday, and um talking about personal values, that's a great lead into my story actually, because I had um, something happen in my home about two hours before I had to go live. And I had to make a decision, right? Cause I'm the emotions opener, right? So I could either hide the way I'm feeling about what was happening in my home and just, you know, suck it up, sweep it under the carpet and just smile and go live. Or I had to like really be with not just my own emotions, but with the emotions of my family. And it was, um, you know, very important to me to, to stick to my personal values of being with and loving my children deeply. And I chose to just, you know, one hour before the show was supposed to go live due to an emergency, I'll be going live tomorrow, same time. And that's all I said. And and then when I went live on Thursday, I even went further to say, um, I made an announcement earlier in the day saying, I will tell you about the emergency, but I'll be extremely cryptic because it was concerning a personal, uh, you know, a family member. And I, I have another personal value. It's protecting people's privacy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in this world where we feel like um, you have to tell your story and, Uh, we misunderstand what it means to be transparent, you know, especially, and and I guess I'm speaking in the space of uh, solopreneurs who are having businesses with online presence. You know, we don't have to tell the world everything you can still protect your privacy. You can protect the privacy and the, you know, of your family and you can show up powerfully in that way. And so, um, you know, I that that's my story and I'm sticking to it.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing. And ladies, these are just great examples of how this shows up for all of us um, in our own personal lives. And, uh, and and I want to talk now about integrity versus this idea of perfection right? And, and being a perfect leader. So you're going to live in integrity, you're going to be in alignment and you're going to do all of those things. Um, but does that mean that we as leaders have to carry a burden of perfectionism, right? Because um, because then what, I don't know what message that sends to our team, right? Uh, if we are the leader who, are, we are always right, we always do the right thing, you know, we never apologize because I'm always right, so why do I need to apologize, <laughs> You just need to get on board with me and all will be great, right? So. So being perfect, and I think being perfect, and do you all agree, that being perfect and carrying that burden bring a whole different level of stress, right? Now, I'm a stress-free leader. I'm not trying to have any additional stress. Just, I, listen, I had all the stress. In that one situation I described to y'all, that was probably more stress than I needed in a whole lifetime. So, um, but sometimes we bring this extra stress on ourselves due to that. And so, Nancy, let's start with you first. How does that show up for a leader? And how do they navigate between trying to deal with being perfect and still standing in their integrity?
3: Well, I, I tell you, I have a cliche. I heard this years ago, and I tell leaders sometimes you implement now, you perfect later. Ooh. And so what happens when you get in perfectionism, and, and this is another. I mean, because I do a lot. of coaching And sometimes people say these profound things. You have to stop expecting you from other people.
0: Mm. OK, you guys, hold on. Pause for a minute. Golden nugget there. Just, somebody jot that down. Right. Stop expecting you
3: from other people. Because what happens when you're a perfectionist, your standard is so high. No one else can reach it. But it's your standard. And it's nothing wrong with perfection. But the point is, you only learn when you make you, know, you learn when you make mistakes failure is not final. Mm-hmm. You either win or you learn. So you never lose. You either win or you learn. But when you're perfectionist and that is your standard, sometimes you drive people to a point where they become stressed out and they begin to make mistakes. They begin to lie because I didn't get something done. You force people sometimes to get into things that as a result of how you want to lead them, they feel they have no other way than to say, I got the report done when the report is not done. Those little lies. Right. And so, you know, it's really not done. You know, you're working on this almost done, but because of perfection is that you have this standard and you always want to work for perfection. There's nothing wrong with working towards perfection, being okay sometimes if you miss the mark. The question is, what did you learn from that? So when managers are so resilient on having perfection, they just need to know that their teammates, sometimes they're causing their people that support them to be more stressed. When you're more stressed, your your productivity goes down. You know, you're a stress-free leader, rather you know it's a three hundred dollar cost for organizations annually for stress.
0: Yep.
3: So it's a lot of money that's lost when you're forcing people to be stressed out. And because you have this perfectionism, you're type A, you're driven. So you have to find the boundary. You have to find the happy medium. I'm not saying that people just get by with just getting mediocre work, but you have to have a happy medium in terms of helping people to work towards the goal of perfection by allowing people to walk in integrity. You have to do the same thing. So when you miss the mark as a leader, say, hey, I missed it. Just owning up to it, acting in humility. Wow. I, and when you do that, it sets the tone. If I can apologize and admit that I made a mistake, then who else can do it? Mm-hmm. So it is important for you to have the. Per, have, I'm not a perfectionist. Let me just put that. I'm not a perfectionist. That's not my. That's not my. One of my. I do things in perfection when I'm doing progress with people, but I allow myself the point of that's for you. That stresses me out having everything in its perfect place. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> We're working on projects. I have people around me who are who have that skill set who can tap into that. I know my skill set. I stay in my lane.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, you no, know, as a leader, understanding the people that you have on your team and allowing people to stay in their lane. At the end of the day, you all come together and you make the organization better. Wow,
0: I love that, Nancy. So, couple of jo- uh, wonderful little nuggets there, you know, folks. To stop expecting you, and thank you so much for uh, Maria for capturing that in the comments for us. Stop expecting you from other people. Period. I love that. And then Nikki says she definitely got that message. So so that's wonderful. So Ross, build on that a little bit. And, and you know, when we're talking about um, this perfection, this burden of perfection um, and not being willing to to build on one of Nancy's points, uh, except failure. Right. Because if a cultural, if an organization has a tone that failure is not an option, that's a whole different ballgame. Right. That's a whole different ballgame. So um, talk to us a little bit about
1: that, Roz. You know, we have talked before about failure and I've and I've said this numerous times. We were never taught how to handle failure. Mm -hmm. Failure was something that was like, oh, my God, it's devastating. I got to take a Xanax. I got to go to the (laughs) therapist, you know, take me to the emergency room. (laughs) You know, we were never taught how to deal with failure. Never success is always the thing, you know, we got to win. And, you know, they always tell you, well, they never, you know, remember who come in second. They never remember, you know, remember who the last one was. However, the last one may be more successful than the one that wins. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You you understand what I'm saying? So, you know, putting in that, you know, success is not, I mean, failure is not an option. That's too much stress on. On, I'm like my, my grandmother used to say, on her body, <laughs> her body. That's too much stress. I, mean, I know I can't be perfect. If I would hold this up and show y'all this this room, trust me, you will see. <laughs> I'm not perfect. This this room looked like Sanford and Son. Trust me, you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> I'm I mean I'm not perfect. I come in at the end of the day. I don't like putting stuff back in this place. I come in, I throw it on the floor. I throw everything on the floor when I come in the house. That's I'm not moving it. I don't care. i I don't care. <laughs> At the end of the day, Thank you. okay, so I didn't put it in the place where it was when I got home. I'm tired, T-I-R-D, tired, tired. What 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 was her name? You want me to be like-
2: Claire. Claire,
1: <laughs> you know, you want me to be like uh, the, the nurse I'm telling on my age, that used to be the black nurse lady Um
3: uh, <laughs> Her, you want me to be
1: like, you know, you want me to be perfect. I can't, mm-hmm. there, there is no way in God's green earth for me to be perfect, wow. that, you know? You know they said, they said, they said that we gonna fall, but we get, we get up. Just like she said, failure is not final. Right. We need to start teaching that to our people. It's not final. Yeah. Failure is our future. That's what we need to be teaching. Uh-huh. Failure is our future. So our integrity and, 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 um, the other piece you were talking about. If you can show them that failure is part of your future, then I think a lot of people's mind shifts will, will, will change. Right.
0: But as long as, as
1: long as we put that stigma on failure, we're still going to have a lot of people talking about, oh, I failed, and they like this.
0: Well, or even worse, rods. what happens when we create that culture is you get all the little lies creeping in, right? You get deception. And, and all of this under the surface stuff happening because, heaven forbid, I go to my manager and tell them I failed. What? Like We don't fail in this organization. We all have to put on that champion face. So, you know, Cordelia, it's, it's one of those things where sometimes we just have to, I'm thinking of a leader and you're working in an organization who has this type of tone and this culture. How do we stand up? even when it will cause us to stand out. You've got a strong CEO who's going, failure's not an option here. We don't deal with that. And everybody else around the table is going, yeah, that's right. And you're the one there going, uh, excuse me. How do we we live with that? How do we navigate that type of situation?
2: You know, the good news is, uh, at the beginning of my career, I worked in law firms and I had to go head to head with partners quite often. And I really go into detail when I was 23 years old, going head to head with a partner in my my new book, Detached Love, and it's it's really simple. Um, it's you can choose for your thoughts to be bars to a prison or seeds to your growth. And in that moment, I just chose to stand up and say, "Look." Um, we're not going to, um, I was the billing coordinator for the, this large DC law firm. And I said, look, I'm not going to um, change the billing on that particular client and, because that's not right. And so um, this partner, kind of like what Nancy had with um, her CEO, would always poke me. And so I said, oh, not today, Jim. And he was like, you cheeky, you know VITCH and I was and so then I went to like one of the managing partners who actually was in my constituency and I said I said so is it acceptable in um, this organization to um, to overbill when what we're doing is taking a nap or are we supposed to actually bill the hours that we're actually working wow. and so um, you just it's it's just the thing where you you stand up and you, you do it the the right way, stand up in integrity. And I wasn't afraid, you know, I, I could have, I was 23, you understand? Uh-huh. So I could have very easily just caved and been like, okay. And I was like, nope, no, this isn't happening. This is a law firm, you know, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a, it's a, it's a government client. I mean, like, why are you lying on a bill? Right. So, um, it's and as far as perfectionism, that was my form of perfectionism, wow. making sure that I was staying with the actual guidelines for billing and for the, the actual, uh, articles of incorporation for the law firm. Right. So. Wow.
0: And it's, it's so many situations, this shows up for us. And, you know, in the moment when we're there, you know, We may not always be thinking, Oh, I need to stand in my integrity, (laughs) right? I'm sure that's not what's going through our minds, but there is something deep within us that tells us it becomes that guiding light for us that we know where we need to go. I'm going to just back up for a second here and check out what our Uh, Our family out there is saying Nikki said she's cracking up because we have been having a ball. It's such an interesting topic, but yet we can express ourselves and have fun with it. And uh, Maria says, Roz, you are hilarious. Uh, Yes, Maria, we concur. (laughs) And Regina says, yes, failure is not final. It's part of our future. Absolutely. What? Imagine Maria says, imagine if this is taught in schools in preparation for adulthood. Right. And, and there was something else when we did our failure show way back when, gosh, I think it's been two seasons ago now. Might be time to do it again. But what we talked about is that not only do we not teach each other how to fail, we don't teach how to succeed. Right. We don't really teach how to succeed. We say succeed. We tell you to succeed. But do we really teach how to succeed? Because in teaching how to succeed, along the way, you prepare for failure because it's inevitable. Right. It, that along the way, something is not going to work out the way you intend. Stephanie says it's great to have integrity, but we have to choose our battles wisely. All right, Stephanie, we're going to pick up that thread right there. And that's going to be our next part of our conversation, Um, because I do think that that's very important, Maria. Um, that was Ethics and Integrity. And then Paula's out there. Hey, Paula, it's a new name I haven't seen. And thank you so much for joining us. Happy Saturday to you. So I want to go back to Stephanie's comment. And I want to get you, to, for you all to comment on this. It's great to have integrity, but we have to choose our battles wisely.
3: So what say you about this, Nancy? <laughs> uh, I just had a conversation yesterday with a coaching client on this very topic, and that was one of the things I was going to say. And she was saying, well, she." I was sharing some of my experiences. She said, but if I did some of that stuff, I said, I'm, I'm not asking you to be me. I said, you have to do you. You have to understand the culture where you live. I visit there. You live there. Oh. I come in as a consultant. You live there every day. I'm a visitor. So I can say things, but even when I worked in the corporate sector, even when I work with clients, what you get when you hire me, you know you're not surprised when I come in. I don't pay like, oh, I'm laid back, I'm docile. No, I'm outspoken, very confident who I am and know who God has called me to be. So I'm very confident in that. So I told her, you can speak out. I said, if you have aspirations to rise to another level, to the top tier in your organization, there will be times you will not be able to say things because it will cost you your career. You won't hit a glass ceiling. You will hit a cement ceiling. <laughs> a
0: cement ceiling.
3: You don't a glass It's cement. All of a sudden, you will get less, you will get, get the opportunities. I said, So, if you want to be in that level, I'm not knocking that you have to know what you want for you for your career. Exactly. But when you make the decision, you have to realize there are sometimes you will have to not say things because it will cost you. It's the written rules, but as an HR person, the unwritten rules are the ones that tie you up. Mm-hmm. Wow, you know, yeah. the rules are the ones that people don't tell you, it's not an SOP. Right. But you speak in the meeting, you say something like, "Oh, that was good. Thank you, Rob. Thanks for that idea." Then all of a sudden, you are now let you're tagged in the group that this is not someone who's promotable because you're an angry woman, you're an angry black woman, or you're whatever. And so you speak with passion. And I said, "Passion is not anger. If I'm angry, you know about it." Right. I told her, I said, "You can to decide for you what you want to do." I said, "But you have to choose your battles carefully. But you can fight the battle and lose the war." Wow. Okay, you can fight the battle and lose the war. Every battle that comes to you, and I'm speaking for experience. When I worked in corporate, I was a champion. I would fight everybody's battle. My boss told me, Nancy, everybody's battle is not yours to fight. Stop doing that. He said, let people learn how to fight their own battles because it's not, you're not helping them. You're doing a disservice. You're enabling them to not be able to fight. And Stephen Covey says, give a man a fish he eats for a day. Teach him how to fish. He eats for a lifetime. So now I teach people how to fish. I'm not going to fight the battles that you need to fight because that's what you have to get over. So in choosing your battles carefully, you have to know the culture, what you want out of your career and what you want to give up to have the career you want. And then based on that, you have to decide how you're going to go forward.
0: So I love that because what, in essence, what you're saying is that this is not one dimensional. Nope. When we talk about being in our integrity, how you bring that forward might be different in different situations. You might decide that, you know what? I really need to let this one go, right? Because of whatever, maybe I'm on this career trajectory and this might interfere or whatever, or I may decide that I'm not going to deal with it today. But here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna invite you out for some coffee with Rhonda, and we're gonna sit down. We're gonna have a little conversation, and once we get a little bit comfortable, then we're gonna go there, right? So, so there's different ways to fight your battle. So, uh, Rhonda, talk to us um, about that first. We gotta back up because people are just commenting all kinds of things out there. So, Michael said, um, Einstein said, "Those who never fail never tried anything new." Right? It's that fear that holds us back we are afraid and gosh what are we missing out we're not even going to go there that's a whole different show maria said i had a discussion about that same topic with the guidance counselor at my daughter's school and she looked at me like i had three heads you can't say gotta succeed light the damn path and show the way (laughs) oh i love that because we do that all the time maria it's like yes you need to succeed well what the heck does that mean How, how do i do that Um, Nancy, uh, I agree, If we're trying to rise in our organization. We have to play the long game, absolutely. Fight the battle, but lose the war. Thank you, Regina. Okay, everybody out there who may watch on the replay, you guys, you're gonna need a notebook to collect all these little golden nuggets that are going. Regina says, wow, and speak, Nancy. And then, (laughs) real truth, everybody's battle is not yours to rise. Talk to us a little bit about how do you, there are different ways to fight the battle. Right? And, and it, being in your integrity when you really decide that, listen, I need to stand up and stand out. And I'm not saying necessarily speak up and speak out. I'm talking about when you raise the, the hand and say, uh, this is not aligned with who I am, who I we are as a team, as an organization, according to our mission, or whatever that is. And everybody's looking at you with the three heads. Like Maria said, those three heads, they start looking at you with the side eye and green heads and everything else. How do you how do you move forward in that type of situation so that you can still feel good about who you are and where you are?
1: Well, I, I wanna I wanna say this. When I used to fight battles, I used to pull my hair back, put the gasoline on the face, put the boxing gloves on. Okay, that's how I used to fight my battle. And then also too trying to fight other people battle i used to be like the coast guard i was trying to rescue everybody Mm -hmm. i couldn't rescue everybody even even when it's time for the coast guard to go out in that storm sometimes they don't let them go into that storm because Mm -hmm. it's too dangerous right right okay you could do a loss of life so we have to as we said we have to look at each battle now I don't do the Vaseline anymore. I've, I've, you know, I've gotten rid of my flight suit from the Coast Guard. I don't do that anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm better. But, you know, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm gonna go to the Bible, and I think it's Exodus uh, 14 and 14. It says, "Let the Lord fight your battle." So I'm doing more now to let the Lord, as much as I can, fight my battles. And sometimes I send them an email and ask them, "What you waiting on?" <laughs> however when we fight our bad when I fight the battles now I fight them with silence and then I speak
3: uh-huh.
1: I sit back and I listen and then I determine whether or not I'm going to address that or I'm gonna walk away
4: uh-huh.
1: I don't have to fight right the, the the number one bestseller said I don't have to he said you don't have you know, if, if if you're going to be all up all night, you know, so why, you know, you know, if, if, if God is up all night, not sleeping and take care for you, why are you up? So I'm not going to be up anymore. My whole direction, my whole, you know, the uh thing has changed. I listen when stuff is going on. And then with employees, I tell them the same thing. Oh, you know, the client is not acting right, not acting right. I said, you're dealing with a 93-year-old person with dementia. They saying the same thing over and over again the more you talk with them the more they're going to keep talking so you have to learn how to sit back and just listen and when you get quiet they get quiet you have to have some type of strategy for the battle Mm -hmm. but it doesn't always mean you got to put the vaseline on i got to pull my hair back you know i got to pull out my knife and gun my sweet plate you know i got to call the it you know what as i have matured as i told you before I am finally coming into my womanhood, baby, and I'm enjoying it. Do you hear me? (laughs) I am not fighting. I hear you, Roz. We hear you, girlfriend. We
0: definitely hear you on that
1: one. I love being quiet. I love being quiet listening. And you know, I just say, is that it? Yes. And if I decide to speak, and if I don't, then I leave. (laughs) That's how I fight. I don't fight with hands. I don't fight with words. I fight with my beauty. I'm on mute and I stay cute. And that's it. I'm <laughs> oh, and I stay cute. Bravo, Rob. You know what? Listen,
0: Stephanie is cracking up. She said, Rob, step away from the Vaseline. <laughs> is something we all have. Isn't that something that we we all sort of know what that reference means, right? Uh, Regina says, Exodus 14, 14, okay. a. Ra, silence, silence is powerful. The power of the sacred pause. So so let's shift into a strategy a little bit as we move into sort of the latter part of the show. And, you know, I, I again, I got all wrapped up completely, forgot to do the pause and say, hey, you're watching the Coffee with Rhonda show. This is a, Great conversation on leading with integrity, but but everybody knows what we're doing, so let's just move on because we, we got good, too, too much good stuff to get to in our short time together. So, what I want to get to now is strategies for leaders who are we have COVID happening, we have social and civil unrest happening, uh, we have economic. Um, crisis on our hands, and many people are out of work. We have folks that are working from home, um, and that has brought about a whole different level of stress, leading remote teams. and mm. you know, Is your technology working? Do you got to put makeup on? You going to show up in a t shirt. Like, there's a lot going on right now for our leaders, and how can they look at what's happening and create this place? of alignment and integrity within themselves so that they can continue to show up and be the best leaders they can be. What strategies, uh, all of you amazing, amazing women, what strategies would you recommend out there? Cordelia, um, start this part for us. Um, how would you help a leader with this?
2: So I actually spoke about this recently. I did a talk and a summit um, about allyship, ship and, what I was, uh, what I recommend is, you know, first and foremost for yourself, you know, just choosing to face those things that would normally make you motionless or speechless. Right. And just lean into where are you on it? Where are you on that issue? Because, you know, quite often as leaders, we think, Oh, you know what? I don't need to have emotions. I don't need to feel that, but this is the, this is the time we're all very, very human right now. And we really need to feel it for ourselves and our bone marrow so that you know because our emotions are really it's just um, data, right It's just information so that we will know what to do. it's the and, and when we allow the flow to go through our bodies and everything, the wisdom does come up. But when we stop that flow of emotions and chemical you know reactions and all that, then, were cut off from the possibility of even thinking. So with with allowing that, that bridge to happen, then you can see, okay, how can I be an ally for the people who are struggling in my organization? Who else can be allies for those people in those different departments? Mm-hmm. Because I know that, you know, uh, this was a DNI conference that I was speaking in, so when, when we think of that, we, we think of diversity and inclusion. It's, you know, there's only certain factions and only certain people have privilege. But if we really think about it, we all have privilege on some level, mm-hmm. right? So use your privilege to speak up powerfully for someone else. And if you as a leader inculcate that, um, then it will radiate out, right? So you, you behave that way, I'm going to be an ally for my directors. And then your directors will be allies for their managers. And then the managers will be, al- you know what I mean? And it trickles down. So that's that's where you have to be. I love that.
0: I love that. That's really powerful and um, allyship and, and really taking that to heart and what that means um, to stand up for your people in that way. And so, um, so. <laughs> Said, yes, Ross, I'm on mute, and I stay cute. <laughs> you, you actually have uh, a couple of people uh, out there sort of <laughs> sort of co-signing with that. And Regina says, "Why?" I think I think that was yes <laughs> that she wanted to say. And then Maria just she can't with you. She can't. She just can't. <laughs> right? Um, yes. This is time to feel it. Love that in our bone marrow. Um, and then use your voice to speak up. Absolutely. So more strategies. What can leaders do, um, Nancy? And I'll come to you last on this, Roz. Nancy, what can leaders do to get to that place where they are comfortably standing in that space of integrity?
3: I think the Bible says uh, the golden rule we all heard, do to others as you'd have them do unto you. We all we all know that. But what we have now is the platinum rule, uh, treat people how they want to be treated, how they want to be treated. Because the way you might want to treat people is not how they want to be treated. You think, well, I like kindness, they want kindness. Um, sometimes common sense is not right. always common. Sometimes common sense is uncommon. So it's important. I tell a lot of my leaders what they have to do. Back in the late 18, uh, 1980s, early 90s, Peter Drucker had a philosophy, management by walking around, MBWA. And now we don't do management by walking around sometimes. But I tell my managers in local leadership positions, you need to be doing a weekly check-in with your people, not talking about work. Not talking about anything other than how are you doing? Yeah. Now, how much we share with you to be based on how much they trust you, the level of integrity you have them. But you need to do an emotional wellness. How are you doing? Because in this era, people are emotionally fragile in many cases. And they need someone just to check in so when you really begin to care about the people that support you at the appropriate level. You're not, you're not trying to get in the business, not trying to say what you did last week, but it's a sincere check in to say how are you doing? When leaders begin to check in with the people as in, as people and not as an employee, but as a person, mm-hmm. I value as a person, it begins to translate to working harder for you, they do more for you, and it transcends with the organization. and You have more engagement, you have people that are happier there, and happier people are more productive. So it begins with the leader taking time to get to know his or her people. You have 10 people, you have 10 personalities, and one size fits oh, all does not work, it's not cookie cutter. You have to get to know everybody at the appropriate level so you give this person this and this when you do that you're customizing how you relate to them but it's also now building relationships which are going to solidify your team and your organization will be much more productive so it's getting to know your people at the appropriate level and doing weekly or monthly how you want to get weekly monthly checking in but it's checking in on how you and emotionally nothing about work but it has to be sincere if it's not sincere don't do it wow If you can't be sincere i tell people just keep doing, keep ignoring people. <laughs> if you're doing more harm than good. if You come in, hey, how you doing? How do you see you, especially if you talk about generations. Because if you walk past a generation X and you've not seen it for two years and all of a sudden you're picking it up, they're gonna say, What's your problem? Yeah. You take some pills today, they just call it out like they see it. So, if you're gonna try a new strategy, first of all, if this is not who you've been, let your team know, you know, I really realize I need to leave more effectively, right? right. So, what you start doing is I'm going to be doing weekly check-ins with you all just to let you know how you're doing as a person. And once you start that, you have to continue, you cannot go back. That's right. Right. Can maintain it, don't start it. Man, that's powerful. I
0: love that. Um, and and it is when you're doing those weekly check-ins, it allows you to inquire and come from that place of compassion and caring and not assume. For instance, in this time of social unrest, how many workplaces assume that their people of color or diversity in their workplace are okay because it didn't happen to them? How many people assumed that everyone is just okay? What well, that happened like 10 states away? What's your problem? I can tell you that there are a lot of people that were not okay that were miles and hundreds of miles away and were still not okay. If you are checking in with your people, you know that because you're checking in respectfully. Right, you're not bullying, you're not assuming, and so that check in piece, uh, Nancy, especially in the virtual world we're in today. Grab your cup, I keep using this cup. Listen, the cup is a great segue to into a conversation, right? Oh, and speaking of that, we can do our post production smile. All right, awesome, yay, we got a good post production shot, but just don't assume that people are okay. So, Roz, you know, as we uh wrap up with you on this strategies to help leaders you know stand in that space <laughs> she gave up she's giving us the rise look y'all uh, stand in that space uh how, what do they
1: do to be in that
0: place of integrity and alignment
1: you know they say you have to show You have to, you know you have to show yourself you have to show them you know as best as you can that you know you have the integrity just to, just like everybody's been talking about before you know do the walk-arounds, check on people. But but then also, too, what, what I like to do, and this is me, I like to give each one of the people a, a, an assignment outside of their job description.
4: Hmm. Say,
1: for instance, I might say, hey, I need your help. I can't get this done today. Can you do this and have it done for me? By the end of the week, it would save me a whole lot of time. And they're like, oh, you want me to help? Oh, yeah, I help.
4: Uh-huh. Because
1: we have not given them a part of the of the of uh, you know they're not a stakeholder they don't feel like I belong they don't feel like you know I need to be there so I you know every now and then I go to a different person and give them a task baby can you handle this for Miss Roz can you handle this can you... oh yeah Miss Roz I do it ain't no problem yeah 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 now I have some of those biscuit heads that'll say if I say handle it well am I gonna get a raise. <laughs> Let me write your name on this paper. <laughs> because, because then that, that that allows me to see who has my vision, who has my back. But you know, if you put the pocketbook before the patient, then that lets me know that you're not taking care of the patient. Uh-huh. But if you'll take care of this other little stuff for me, that means that you're doing other things for the patient that I don't have that that I don't have to bring to your attention. If you you, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's, it's it's kind of twofold. It's it's seen if you have my vision, but it's also seen if if you will take up this task. That will take you less than five or ten minutes, if if that long. So you know, giving them, you know, you know, letting them be a stakeholder, checking on them, all of that is great. But you got to have a straight. Depending on what your business is, because everybody's business is different. You know, with caregiving is different. Yeah. You know, with with you know being you know a a, a mom. You know over a whole basketball team like Khadija, you know, that's different. You know? (laughs) So, you know, each one of us, each one of us (laughs) has to determine, you know, what our team can do and what our team needs. So I know for me, my strategy is, that's what I do for them. I give them additional tasks. Uh It's good for them and it's good for me because then they have to report back to me and then I can say, okay, how do you feel about this? How should we handle this in the future? So now they have a stake in the business. And that makes a difference.
0: It absolutely makes a difference. Wow. Really powerful examples of as leaders, what we can do um, to really stand up for our team. And Michael said, as a leader, stand up for those directly below them. Uh, They will copy it and and it will cascade down. Um, That is absolutely true. Let me share a little uh, Wakanda moment that I had (laughs) had in in sort of preparing for this show. I'm going to share with you the quote um, that really began to speak to me and- um, and so, I came up with this when I was thinking about what does it mean to be an integrity. So, integrity is the evidence of living alignment between what you believe and what you do. You shouldn't have to tell me about your integrity. I should see it, right? It'll show up. It's not something that I, I want to hear a lot about from you, right? I don't want to hear you telling me a lot about your integrity, right? And, and I believe really, you no. Know, You don't have to say anything. I will see what you believe. I will see your values. That will speak for you. And others on your team will say that as well. And I say it's a Wakanda moment because when I think about Wakanda, remember in the first scene where he had the big fight for it to be the king and his mother was over on the sidelines and she says, show them who you are. (laughs) (laughs) So that was my Wakanda moment. It's like, yeah, show us. Show us by your words, your actions, and your deeds. And I'm gonna wrap up by giving just a couple of thoughts that I have on strategies. The first one is feedback. You absolutely need to get feedback because we as leaders all have blind spots. And I was thinking about this, Rod. This probably needs to be a whole show on leadership blind spots, right? Because we all have blind spots. And when you ask people who they are, they always try to tell you. But I can pretty much guarantee you that if I go ask 10 other people, they're gonna throw something else in there that you didn't describe about yourself. They're called blind spots for a reason because you don't see them. <laughs> you don't see them and we all have them. So as a leader, you need to know how you're showing up for others, not just how you think you're showing up, right? And so, and, and then managing and standing in your integrity. I use the, the four C's. The first one is clarity. And that's recognizing your values, who you are, what you believe in. You have to know that first, right? Nancy was able to take that position because she knew who she was and what was important to her. The next one is courage. Once you understand those values and who they are, do you have the courage to lean into that, right? Can you do what's necessary because of what it calls for? And then there's communication and being able to with clarity, communicate, with others to gain support for your vision, your position, and be able to articulate that in a way that builds relationships and it does not damage them, right? You just can't come forward and say, well, here's what I believe, and that means this is what we're doing, right? That probably ain't gonna get you very far. So you have to work on the art of communication. And then finally, consistency. If you show up this way, then do it every day. I don't want you to be the one that's like, oh, She's having a bad day y'all just this today is not that day right and so and so those are some strengths in terms of showing up consistently and leaning in to your integrity my favorite word Rhonda, integrity absolutely so with that gosh i can't believe it's been over an hour already that brings us to the close of our show let me just ask quickly is there any one of you that wants to um, add anything as we wrap up this discussion
3: I just want to make a couple a couple of quotes. One of ones is called call Nancy Isms. Integrity is a lot easier to maintain than regain. Mm. Mm. And then the second one is do you because everybody else is taken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. Do you because
0: everybody else is taken? Oh
3: my goodness. <laughs> it is. Then you 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 live on a, your stress level becomes less because you're doing you.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: The first rate you were Somebody, you decide what you want to do. Wow, love that.
2: And only thing I would add to that is uh, pour into yourself first, because once you're full and once you're replenished, then you can give from overflow and not from overwhelm. Mm.
1: Mm. Good. I can write that down.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot we've been writing down in this show. I have taken a lot of. So I appreciate that. Roz, any final thoughts from you? Mm I'm cute and on mute, honey. Cute and on mute. Love it, love it, love it. So I want to thank everyone for showing up today and for spending some time with us today on this Saturday. Um, We enjoy bringing these conversations to you. We enjoy bringing your voice into the conversation. Um, Remember, the journey to be stress-free and loving me is deeply personal, but it's very achievable. And so for all of you out there, you know we'll be back next week, same time, same station. Uh, We want to thank you for allowing us time to imagine the possibilities of leading and loving and living stress-free. So for my panel, stay tuned for just a moment. For everyone else out there, we very much look forward to seeing you next week. Same time,
3: same bet station. Thank you so much, Paula. Bye, everyone. We'll see you next week.